The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. There is a law of confession. Every time you can predict what's going to happen. Every time. Now, what has happened? We've not made the connection between what we say and what we get in this life or what we have. Now, you can speak life or you can speak what? Death. We think our words are just sound. We think our words are just noise. They're not. They're spirit. Your spirit is a bag that holds words. And whatever words are in there, when you come under attack, that's what comes out. So demons are waiting on your mouth. They are perched waiting on your conversation. Their job is to get you to loose your tongue and to get you to say something that God didn't say. So every belief in me that God was not the author of, he's got plans to rid it out. If you can fix your confession in line with the Word of God, all your needs will be met. All right, I'm going to start reading here at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Either make the tree good or his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt or his fruit and his fruit corrupt, for a tree is known by his fruit. I just want you to see that this tree has been given a gender. Call it him, his. Meaning that this, there's, there's some life here I'm talking about. And going down the next verse, verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, this generation of vipers, what is a viper? Snake. Snake. Now we're going back to the garden. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So now we go on down here and say, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure, or you can put in your Bible, deposit of the heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure or deposit bringeth forth what kind of things? Evil things. So you can't have good things deposited inside and speak evil. But neither can you have evil things inside and speak good. Okay? Now, let's go on down to the next verse, verse 36. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, this judgment, don't look at it as the end of the age and we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and get rewarded for the things that we've done in this earth and so forth. That is a type of judgment. But again, I think this particular judgment also includes the things that you say on a daily basis that you are reaping the judgment of what you say. Okay? All right. Now, let's go on down, because this is the clincher. Verse 37, For by thy words thou shalt be what? 
justified, and by thy words thou shalt be what? Condemned. Now, it says thou, but it means your. By your words, you're going to be justified. And by your words, you're going to be condemned. Now, the word justified there means be made free or to be acquitted. Somebody has a trial and they're acquitted. They're made free. But by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Condemned means to be put in bondage or to be sentenced. So by thy words, your words, this is what's going to happen to your life. Now, this is Jesus now because what has happened is the enemy, because of man's misunderstanding, has used some of the laws that God put in the earth and had mankind to use those laws against himself. Now, I'll show you what I mean here in just a minute. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. And let's go further into verse 10 and 11. And the disciples came to him and said unto him, came and said unto him, why speaketh thou unto them in parables? Now Jesus was teaching in parables, giving a natural illustration of something in the spirit. And verse 11, and he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Now, it's given to you to know. Who is Jesus talking to? He was talking to his people. He was talking to those who followed him, the disciples, those who, are, who he's teaching. To know the mysteries. What are mysteries? Right, hidden truths or things that are not comprehended naturally. In other words, it's... It, something that's beyond natural comprehension. Or you can put hidden truths. But what has the devil done? It's the enemy, and, and, and I'm not trying to mention him too much now, but he has covered up these truths. So people have not made a relationship between what they say and what's in their lives. See? In fact, in the beginning, you and I were never designed to say anything we didn't want. Yes, sir. Because it would be produced. We were made in the image of who? God. Now, God speaks what he wants. If God came in here today and said, well, today is Tuesday, what will happen to Sunday? It'll change to Tuesday. Because God said it. When God releases things and he says things, he's saying things because he releases them because as he speaks these things, they come to pass. So we were designed like God. We were never designed to speak things that we didn't expect to come to pass. But through the fall and the curse, the enemy separated those two. Whereas a person speaks stuff and they don't expect it to come to pass and they have not made the, the connection between what they say and what they have in their lives. 
Now, we're calling this the law of confession. Say law of confession. All right, I had to go back up here first, and I went to find out what is a law. Because we know that there's laws, there's commandments, there's, there's, there's ordinances of God, so forth and so on. And we know there's ceremonial laws and religious laws, and then there's civil laws and criminal laws. We know these are laws. But let me talk about the law from a physical standpoint. A law is a principle. Now, a principle is a foundation of something, of the ground supporting system of something a principle based on predictable circumstances of an act. A principle based on predictable circumstances of an act. It's a law is something that works the same way every time. It is something that is predictable. The law of gravity. Isaac Newton or whoever it was that that, that came up with a, the formula for, for being able to calculate how long it would take if you dropped a pebble may, weighing one pound out of a 15-story building, how long would it take it to hit the ground and what speed is going to hit it? I mean, they can calculate that. It'll work the same every time. That's a law, principles, predictable outcome. Got it? So... When, when I was in the military, I went into pilot training, and we went there, and all of us gathered there, I mean, all, of, all the guys who were new in the military, and we went to pilot training in San Antonio, Texas. And here we were, and they first took us through something called ground school. Now, in ground school, they were teaching us about flying. And see, Jesus was teaching and preaching. And preaching is designed to bring inspiration. But teaching is designed to bring understanding. Amen. Amen. And that's why the churches today, God has a real teaching spirit. Uh, we're teaching a lot. Why? Because we've been inspired. But now we need to learn something. So what happened was they were teaching us ground school how to fly, but they're teaching us about the airplane, that if you take an airplane, run it down a runway, pick up certain speed, then you got air coming over the wings, and that air coming over the wings creates a, a, a lift, a coefficient of lift, and it draws the airplane up, and this lift causes this airplane to fly, and it overcomes gravity. But I got to have some speed. So now I got understanding of this. Now understand, before we had that, some of the pilots, we would, our first airplane that we were taught to fly was a little Cessna 172 with a single engine propeller in the front, and you're going out, and you're going up, and so forth, and then they'd do some things, and some of the guys would come down sick. Some of them would have, have you know, come forth in the airplane. Y'all know what I mean, come forth? Spit up. So they'd give some of them a bag so that they wouldn't mess up the airplane, and so forth. Why? Now they're learning to fly. But see, at first, they thought they were going to die because they had no understanding 
that if I keep this air flowing over this thing, this thing can't go down. They gave us understanding about it because it took away all the fear that it won't fly. Are y'all with me? So now I know that if I put the power to that rascal and I'm going down this runway, if I pick up a certain speed, I got my V speeds. If I pick up a certain speed, this thing going to lift off. I don't care whether it's the size of a house or just a little, little Piper cup. It's going to take off. Got it? So now it's not amazing to me to see it fly. Come on now. But when some people see a big 747 out there taxiing, and then that tank take off, they say, boy, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> see, because they haven't understood the laws of flight. Now, let, let's, let's put it in another setting. Here is Jesus. He's preaching on the shoreline, preaching about increase. And so now they're pushing on him, and he asks this man, Simon Peter, to use his boat. Now, Simon had been fishing how long? All night. So now he gave him his use of his boat, and Simon got in there with him, pushed out a little from shore. Jesus sat down and taught. Say taught. Then he turned to Simon and said, launch out into the deep and let you on your net for a catch. What did Simon do? He began to tell Jesus all the reasons why that was a foolish request. One, you don't fish in the daytime up in here because the fish will see the net and the schools of fish would run and so forth. And my family's been in fishing business for 13 years and I'm a union man. All the reasons why I shouldn't fish. Then he said, nevertheless, come on, at thy word, I'm going to launch out. He launched out. They caught a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of fish. So many, they call it partners. Their boat began to sink. They caught so many. And then Peter came back in, and he was astonished at the catch. Now, why wasn't Jesus astonished? Because the law is predictable that it will work the same every time. I don't care who works it. If you meet the biblical requirements of it, it'll do the same for you as it did for Peter, as it did for Jesus. Now, this, 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 this is going to clean your clock out, Jack. Totally predictable. Totally predictable. Confession is a law. You got to start with that, see? Because if you still think it's something that might happen, it might not, uh-uh. How about when Jesus spoke to the tree? Here he was. He passed by this tree. He came to the tree to get some fruit, first of all. And he came to see if anything was on it. Nothing was on the tree. It just leaves. Like folk lives. Ain't nothing in there. Just leaves. Just blowing in the wind. So what, we're going to fix that, though. We're going to fix it. Say, praise the Lord. So what happens? He goes, and he then saw the tree had no fruit on it. He said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. 
Now, it didn't say they overheard it. Now, he's teaching. They heard it. Then they went on down to Jerusalem, down there, did some business down there in the temple and so forth and so on. And then that night, they went back up to Bethany and to rest, he and his disciples. Then the next morning, they got up, going back down to Jerusalem again, passing by that tree. Peter calling to remembrance, Master, look here, behold, the fig tree you, you spoke to yesterday, look at it, it's withered away. It's dried up from the root. Now, he was astonished. But was Jesus astonished? I'd be surprised and astonished if the airplane don't fly. See what I'm saying? Jesus would be astonished if the tree wasn't dried up. I want you to get to a place where if you speak something... And we can get there. But we're going to take a process here of teaching and we're going to revalue your words. Because right now, the words that you're speaking for the most part don't have the weight and the value that they're supposed to have. And that's why we say anything, you know, hey, hey, girl, girl, you know, you're making me sick. You know that, don't you? See, you don't want to be sick. Come on. And then we say that, you know, my feet are just what? Killing me, killing me. Now, you ain't ready to die. How about this one? Hey, yeah, I'm going to, I'm dying to go. You what? You dying to go. Now, I mean, and then, no, no, look, look, look at the other thing. Oh, what? No, girl, you know, I, uh, that's unbelievable. Now, wait, wait a minute now. I'm talking about there are some little things we're going to, you're going to be able to sift your speech. Come on, through a sifter of the Holy Ghost. And he's going to show you where your problem is. It's one inch below your nose. Come on over to Proverbs chapter 18, please. Oh, we're going to do it with this one, saints of God. <laughs> Tell the devil to pack up. All right. Tell me if I'm reading this right now. I'm looking at verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the devil. No, that didn't say that. Come on, shout me down. No, no. Where is death and life in the power of? Your tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. A good man out of the good deposit of his heart is bringing forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth evil things. A tree is known by his fruit. Whatever is in your life right now is because inside of you 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to come back to this, but I'm not going to do it right now because we got a whole treatment around this right here. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. You can speak life to your life or you can speak what? Death to your life. All right, let's go because there's spiritual laws and natural laws. Say spiritual laws and natural laws. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter one, please. Hebrews chapter one. All right, let me know when you get to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, and has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed, what? Heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. The Charles B. Williams translation says it this way that Jesus Christ, the Son, was appointed lawful owner of everything. Now, do you know why that's so profound to me? Because I'm a joint heir. All right, look at the next verse. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, there's a part in that verse I want you to see. Who being the brightness of his glory, this express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Underline, upholding all things by the word of his power. It didn't say the power of his word. It said the word of his power. Another translation, Living Bible says, he, re he regulates the universe by the mighty power of his command. He regulates the universe by the mighty power of his command. Now, God says, let there be what? Light. And there was what? Light. Now understand, scientists tell us that the universe is still expanding at the speed of light because once God says it and puts it in motion, it, nothing can stop it. So now we've got gravity in the earth. Now what's keeping gravity here? What God spoke, which is a higher law of the spirit, the law of the physical or natural laws, gravity, and so forth and so on, are governed by a more powerful spiritual law. When God spoke this universe, it's staying right there where God spoke it because his word is there making it stay right where he said it. Well, I trust that you were blessed by this powerful teaching. It's called the Law of Confession. Now, it's a part of a message that I preached some years ago. It's a three-disc series. And here's a very important point that you want to remember. A law is a principle or foundation 
based on predictable circumstances of an act. Now, there is something called the vocabulary of silence. And after you have made a confession, just close your mouth. Praise God. Why? Because once you release that confession in faith, something is working for you. Praise God. Now, announcer is going to give you some important information how you can order this powerful teaching on the law of confession. I'll be right back. There is a law of confession. Every time you can predict what's going to happen. Every time. Now, what has happened? We've not made the connection between what we say and what we get in this life or what we have. Now, you can speak life or you can speak what? Death. We think our words are just sound. We think our words are just noise. They're not. They're spirit. Your spirit is a bag that holds words. And whatever words are in there, when you come under attack, that's what comes out. So demons are waiting on your mouth. They are perched, waiting on your conversation. Their job is to get you to loose your tongue and to get you to say something that God didn't say. So every belief in me that God was not the author of, he's got plans to rid it out. If you can fix your confession in line with the Word of God, all your needs will be met. Value the power that is released through your words in Pastor Winston's Barrier Breaking three-disc series, The Law of Confession. To order on CD or DVD, contact us online at BillWinston.org or by phone at 1-800-711-9327. Govern your entire life when you make the connection between what you say and what you have in The Law of Confession. And as our special offer during the month of March, for your gift of any amount, receive Dr. Winston's book, Divine Favor. Learn how to operate in God's favor every day and truly experience the abundant life Jesus came to give you. Call 1-800-711-9327 and get your copy of The Divine Favor Book today. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12 and verse 37, it says, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Notice it's words. Now, because of man's misunderstanding of this law that God put in the earth, mankind has used the laws against himself. In other words, people say, well, I'm catching a cold. Now, think about that. Who really wants to go and catch a cold? <laughs> See, we've taken those words and he's perverted the thinking in those words. Sometimes we don't even know what we're saying. But what is happening is the law is still working, bringing a person under the bondage that they don't even want to be under. Well, we're going to teach you more about that next time. So until next time, this is Bill Winston saying, keep walking by faith. God's about to take you somewhere that's going to make you distinguish. There was confirmation that took place tonight. There was revelation that came tonight. You 
need me to be excellent on your level. Through science, we are actually admiring God. Courage is nothing more than your faith reaching through your fear, displaying itself as action in your life. Business and ministry leaders from around the country are preparing to gather for a life-changing conference like none other. This year's conference will include workshops, networking, business expo, career fair, and much more. The 2015 Missions and Marketplace Conference, March 25th through the 27th. Register now at mm.billwinston.org or call 1-866-816-4653. Get ready, get ready, get ready!